Let's read from John's Gospel, John chapter 3. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you were doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old, Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be, Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things. Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen. But still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, and everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. This is the word of the Lord. Well done. Back uh, in October half term, um, we went with Claire's family, with Richard and Patsy over there, up to the Scottish Highlands. And uh, I was very excited because this was my first ever trip uh, to the Scottish Highlands. And uh, it was going to be a 10-hour drive. And I was quite excited about the drive, believe it or not. And I kind of imagined myself a little bit like Jeremy Clarkson on a Top Gear special, driving through mountains, through the glens, seeing waterfalls, and just imagining beauty as I was driving along in my Honda CRV. Could have done with a convertible, but didn't, didn't, didn't have one. But anyway, as we all know, often dreams and realities don't often match up. I love being a vicar. And uh, one of the joys of being a vicar is I get to marry people. Uh, however, on uh, this particular day, our trip to Scotland, I had the joy of marrying the lovely Jeremy and Emily. However, it did play havoc with my Top Gear special because it meant that we couldn't leave until 2.30 in the afternoon. So married them, the guests left, whizzed home, we jumped in the car, off we set, jumped on the M1. And if you've ever driven to Scotland, the M1 is a very, 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 very long road. It's one road, it's very boring until you kind of hit the lakes and then it starts to, well, I didn't know, it was, it was late in the afternoon. However, we drove through the Scottish border just as the sun set, and we drove into darkness. And not only did we drive into darkness, but we drove into torrential rain, uh, all around torrential rain. Visibility was, wasn't, wasn't great at all. We had deers, stags, sheep, 
jumping out in the road in front of us. So it didn't feel quite like the exciting and idyllic drive that I was hoping for. But we arrived. And uh, the next morning, the curtains opened. And the sun rose. Morning came. And, and I opened the curtains. And all I could say was, wow. Wow. The beauty, the scenery that surrounded us was incredible. The beauty, the scenery that surrounded us the night before that was present in the darkness but was hidden was there, but I couldn't see it. It was only when the sun rose and the light came did we begin to see all that we had missed the night before. Nicodemus goes to see Jesus in the darkness of night. And he seems to be distressed and confused. This was a guy who in the daytime has got it all together. He's a teacher. He's a leader amongst the Jews. He's a Pharisee. Uh, everyone would have thought, this guy has got it together. His life is sorted. And yet under the surface, in the darkness, there was something else that was going on. He was confused. Nothing seemed to make sense. And he found himself asking questions and looking for answers and trying to understand who Jesus is. It's as though he had driven into the darkness of the highlands, a nighttime period in his life. And so he comes to Jesus in the darkness with questions. He's disorientated and he's confused. And I'm sure many of us know that feeling. You aren't alone. You're in really good company. And I've been through many seasons in my own life where I felt disorientated and confused. The season that we find ourselves in now as a church is disorientating and confusing. And I'm sure many of us have questions that we are asking ourselves and questions that we are asking the Lord. But a good place to always land ourselves and to plant ourselves in is Scripture. It is the best source of truth and comfort. And it's full of great reminders to us that others too go through nighttime seasons and they too have questions and that's okay. It's okay to have questions. Later in John's gospel at the Last Supper, Jesus has gathered his disciples together in the upper room and he's telling them that he's gonna be leaving them and Thomas is confused and disorientated and, he's, and he says, Jesus, where are you going? How can, how, can, how can we go too? He's confused. He had questions. When the angel appears to Mary to say, you are going to give birth to the Son of God, to Jesus, she has questions. How can this be? She was confused. And I'm sure we can all relate to that question, how? I know I relate to it because Nicodemus' story Thomas's story, Mary's story might all be about other people in different places and at different times, but the reality is each of us have a story. Each of us at times have questions in our own lives. How have we ended up here? How did this happen? How will things change? And for many of us, we can face seasons in our lives when understanding and knowing give way to the darkness of not knowing and not understanding. And in many ways, even following Jesus at times can feel like that, that we're feeling our way through the darkness of not knowing 
Maybe there are times when we found ourselves coming to Jesus at night with questions ourselves. I know I have, and I know I do. Before I became a vicar, I worked in business for about 14 years, and uh, for many of those, I worked for Starbucks, a job that I loved, a company that I loved. I worked with some amazing people. And one of the highlights of working for a coffee company is every morning when you walk into the office or into a store, you know you're going to get a great cup of coffee. Now, I know that's a bit controversial because not everyone's cup of tea is Starbucks, but there are other options on the high street that you too can go to. It doesn't have to be Starbucks. But anyway, um, one day, uh, well, life was good. I was doing well. I'd been there for many years. Um, I'd been promoted to quite a senior role. I was happy. I was seemingly living the dream. And uh, then 2008 came, the financial crash. Who remembers that wonderful year? Um, and the brightness of the day. So it did feel like I was in this sunshine season of life. I was just loving life. I, I loved what I did. But everything changed in a moment. One day, I walked into the office, and I got the letter that no one wants to receive. Your job is at risk. Redundancy. Now, back then, there was, a, there was an HR buzzword called simplification. I was going to be simplified. <laughs> whatever, whatever that means. But they were going to simplify me. I was like, thanks very much. Um, but it was, it was an incredibly difficult time. And if you've ever been simplified or made redundant, you will know that it's not a nice place to be in. And you end up with lots of questions yourselves around, was it me or was it, you know. But anyway, it was dark. It felt like we'd gone from this sunshine time into darkness, and I had many questions. It was like, well, how are we going to provide? How are we going to feed the kids? How, you know, how am I going to find another job? All those things that go through your head. And it was, it was hard to worship. It was hard to pray, because I was like, Lord, what, what are you doing? What are you doing in this season? Why is this happening? Why me? But the daytime did come. And uh, in that season, my perspective only started to change when I started to view my circumstance through the lens of who Jesus is and who he says he is. And as I started to remind myself again of his promises, his faithfulness, his grace, his love, then my perspective changed. I'm sure for many of us, we have had or we are in a season where we're in crisis. Maybe the circumstance we're in as a church has shaken you. Maybe there's stuff going on in your family maybe with your health or your finances, and it feels like that you've stepped into the nighttime. It feels like you've stepped into a dark season. Maybe where life has felt stable and predictable, disruption has come, and it's left you unsettled. Our confidence has been knocked, and we've ended up with more questions than we have answers. Nicodemus knew what that place was. He was going through a time of questions. And there's been times in my life and lives of others where nothing seems to make sense. And when we are in that place, if we're honest, all we want is answers to our questions, certainty instead of ambiguity, and light instead of darkness. We want an explanation and an understanding of what has happened and why. And we want this clear path ahead of us so that we know where we're going and what will happen. But the reality is, in the nighttime of our lives, there are no answers. There are just 
the promises of God. In Genesis 12, um, God tells Abraham to go, to leave everything, to leave his family behind, leave his home, leave his country, leave everything. And I'm sure he had a lot of questions for the Lord then. Why? Why me? Where, where are you going to send me? How's this going to work out? I'll have nothing. But what he did do, God spoke a promise over him. And God says, I will. I will make a way. I will bless you. I will make you a great nation. He spoke a promise. God acts in the darkness of our lives. God acts in the darkness of our lives. Even when we can't see it. Abraham stepped into the mystery of the, of the unknown, the nighttime of his life, but he trusted that God would do the rest. And we see that God fulfilled those promises to Abraham. He blesses him, but he had to stand on the promise of who he says he is. And often when we go through challenging seasons, we can have a tendency to think, well, this is, this is my fault. I need to fix this. I need to try harder to understand more, try and make sense of what's going on. But instead of trying to try harder, instead of trying to understand and figure it all out, what we actually have is an invitation. And that invitation is to rest more, to trust more, to look up to Jesus. Psalm 121 says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. And I know that I've been clinging to that in the last few weeks. Look up to him. He will not let our feet slip. And when we go through dark seasons and we're confused, when it feels like we're falling over, there is this invitation. And the invitation of Jesus is to simply look up to him. He invites us to surrender and maybe for some of us, we struggle to even grasp the fact that he would understand. But he is so understanding. The most understanding person there is. And his posture isn't to judge. It isn't to point a finger at us. His posture is one of open arms. And he says, come. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. And I've got you. That's what he says. And a challenge for all of us is this. What if we changed our posture from one of despair to one of hope and promise? And we've got this opportunity to trust him, just like Abraham had to trust. There is more hidden of Jesus in the darkness than we can see. Just like me driving my Top Gear Special in my Honda CRV through the Scottish Highlands, there was so much more around that I couldn't see but it was there, it was present in the darkness. The seasons of night and darkness we go through are an opportunity to allow the Holy Spirit to mold us, to change us, to see things in a new light. Just as Jesus said to Nicodemus, it's a time to let ourselves be born anew. I couldn't see the glass. You all saw that, didn't you? I was hoping you didn't, but you all did. Thanks for laughing at me. It's not very kind, is it? Um, however, sometimes when we are in a nighttime season of life, 
the biggest challenge isn't the darkness itself, but it's the fear and the confusion that darkness can bring and what it might bring. But what if you asked yourself these questions? What if new life and light lie on the other side of this season of darkness? What if this season of darkness is the means by which God transforms our lives and calls us into a whole new exciting season and relationship with him? What if we experience the darkness as an invitation into God rather than something we need to fear? What if we understood and trusted that new life and light are born out of darkness? And that's what happened for Nicodemus. That's what happened for Thomas, for Mary, for Abraham. So why would we think it would be anything different or less for us? Jesus knew what it was to walk into the nighttime of life. As he journeyed to the cross, I'm sure he had many questions. Even on the cross, he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We've just celebrated Easter. And uh, in the run-up to Easter, during Lent, we were in a period of waiting. And for me, it was a very long wait because I'd given up all sugar, dessert, chocolate. So it was a very long 40 days. But we were waiting, waiting to celebrate Jesus bursting forth from the darkness of the tomb into the resurrection of light. From night into day, giving light to the world, light to you and me. The waiting ends. And there's this truth that I would love us to grasp. We have a hope and can hold onto the promise that morning comes. Morning will come. Uh, the other night I made a drink uh, before I was going to bed and I had a few things to carry upstairs. So I turned the light off, picked up my phone, my books, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and then I went to pick up the drink that was on the counter, but I couldn't see it. So I ended up knocking it over. And so the things spilt all over the counter. But if I'd waited just a few moments and let my eyes adjust to the darkness, I would have seen the glass on the counter and my eyes would have adjusted and I would have seen it. I just needed to wait. When we're in the nighttime season like Nicodemus and we're in this season of waiting, let's give our eyes a moment to adjust to the darkness. Let's allow what's around us to come into view. And often we find it's not so much looking at the light or for the light around us. It's discovering the light that is within us, the light of Christ. He lives in us. His light is in you. That's his promise. Um, I worked for Heathrow for a number of years. And um, as part of my job, um, I, was a, I was a bronze member of the Heathrow Crisis Man Management Team. Sounds very impressive, doesn't it? I can see that you're all very impressed. Um, it wasn't that glamorous. But um, anyway, I would, when I was on call, uh, and if there was ever a drama or a little bit of disruption at the airport, I would get a call. And it would always come at the time I didn't want it, a Friday night, a Saturday. Why would, there was never any problems Monday to Friday office hours. Always out of hours. Used to upset me very much. Um, but this time, the phone rang, and... Uh, 
They said, John, the, the runway lights have all failed. Now, I didn't have to fix the runway lights in case that wasn't that kind of person. I looked after people. I was quite pastoral back then. I sorted out blankets if they had to sleep on the floor in the terminal or whatever. But the lights on the runway had failed. And so no planes could take off, no planes could land because the aircraft in the sky couldn't see the lights on the runway. They couldn't see the place that they had to head for for safety. The light gave the plane's direction. And for many of us at times, we can feel like the lights on the runway have gone out, that they've failed, and we're lacking direction, and we've got these questions. But it's in these moments we need to trust in the promise and the truth of who he is. And John wrote it at the end of this passage, which I read earlier. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave. He gave his love to lead us. He gave his love to illuminate the way ahead. He gave his love to give us direction. So hold on to that promise. The morning will come. The sun will rise and we will see the beauty that is all around us. The morning will come.